0: Welcome to The Rossen Box,
1: where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar,
0: and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Here at the podcast today, we're talking about growth within New York City Ballet.
1: Yeah, so today we're going to talk to uh, Judy, who is our HR director, and she also deals with the... Diversity, equity, and inclusion program of New York City Ballet. And she's a recent yeah, addition to the company. Recent
0: member to the family.
1: Yeah. And someone that we haven't met yet.
0: Not in person, at yeah, least. Not
1: pers- yeah. Not in person. Yeah. Not in person. Sure. We've met on Zoom because coming to the company during the pandemic meant right. doing everything on Zoom practically. So. Um, yeah, it'll be really nice to meet in yeah. person and to get to know another member of this community who mm-hmm. is vital to our growth. Generally. And And yeah, it's something, and you've pointed this out to me before, is that what's great about the podcast is that we do have the opportunity to hear from different voices within different departments.
0: Right, because there are so many departments that make New York City Ballet happen. I mean, beyond the dancers, beyond the people who are immediately involved with the dance portion of our company. But there's so many departments that hold that and make that happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That allow us to be ballet dancers on the stage, typically at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. but of course, sometimes during Mad Days. But yeah, we have I mean, we've probably mentioned this before, but we have the orchestra, we have the media department, we have marketing, we have archival departments that record our performances mm-hmm. and keep track of the legacy. Um, we have a development staff, we have rep directors who um, coach us and teach us the ballets. We have ushers in the theater, we have mm-hmm. sound the balancing trust. The balancing trust is a part of our organization right. in a way. Um, the volunteers. The volunteers. I There's, mean,
0: yeah, it's it's a, a big machine. It
1: is a big machine. And it does take, uh, like, an HR person to oversee and guide all of these communications because there are so many different personalities here, so many different roles that we need someone. Like, sometimes we can't solve these problems on our own as much mm-hmm. as we think we could or would like to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need these outside but integral figures in New York City mm-hmm. Valley to, to grow, and Judy is one of them, and excited to hear more of what she has to say. Yeah. And,
0: and she plays such a big role into maintaining, and not just maintaining, but um, driving forward the vision of George Balanchine as a diverse company that represents the essence of the nation.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. So here we go. Here's yeah, Judy. We'll,
0: could you please introduce yourself, tell us your name, and a little bit about yourself,
2: please? Absolutely. Well, we'll start with my name, Judy Elliott Pew, and I am the Senior Director of Human Resources, Diversity, and Inclusion here at New York City Ballet. A little bit of background? Yes, please. Oh, beautiful. So, um, I actually am a former dancer. I <laughs> yes,
0: we're giving you I, eyes at this I, time. I know you
2: are giving yeah. me <laughs> eyes. Um, ever since I was a little girl, uh, I you know started off with ballet lessons and did some other enrichment types of things like baton twirling mm. and cheerleading and and things like that. But um, I actually ended up going to uh, undergrad and getting a, a bachelor of arts in dance with a concentration in ballet, actually. So, yeah, so I have uh, Point Park University in Pittsburgh. Oh, I've heard of it. (laughs) Yes, I got that in the Point magazine,
1: like ads in the back. I always saw that as like an option.
2: Yeah, Um, it was Point Park College when I went there, which was ages ago, but it became Point Park University. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I studied there. Most of my jobs, though, were musical theater jobs. I performed with several seasons with Civic Light Opera. How can I describe it? Um, I guess musical theater um, organization within Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's highly attended. I'm not sure what's going on with Civic Light Opera these days, but back in the day, that's where I did most of my work. It's renowned. (laughs) 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 Then um, I did, you know, what most dancers do. I came to New York and Mm -hmm. did the audition thing for a while. It is very difficult, challenging, but I learned as I grew (laughs) and matured that I could love dance, which I still do, of course, and do other things. And so I started out going down the business route. I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go, but I ended up going in the human resources direction, which I'm very happy about Mm -hmm. because I – love working with people. I know it sounds kind of corny and cliche, but I do. (laughs) So, and long story short, you know, a a number of years in human resources, very recently in the past five years or so doing a lot of DEI work, this position presented itself. It was, it was perfect. I thought it was uh, something that would bring everything for me full circle. And here I am today. And so you applied for this position. I did. I mm-hmm. did. I actually it's, it's funny because when I learned about the position, I was kind of snooping around and, and looking at some different things. And I saw this position and I said, there is no way that this position can still be open. Mm. And so I said, well, why not? Let me just take a look and see if it is. And lo and behold, it was. And I think COVID Certainly had something to do with that, you know, Mm -hmm. just with everything shutting down and and people pulling back, companies pulling back and that sort of thing. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, and and reassessing. um, Absolutely. Growing in a different – in the ways that we could when we were not doing our craft.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And – what was your first interaction? Like, had you seen New York City Ballet
2: before? Did you just know about it? I, I knew about, absolutely knew about mm-hmm. it through, you know, coming up through dance and everything like that. I don't think I ever saw a performance, though, it live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably on, certainly on, on on television, probably on PBS, that, that sort of thing. But I think my first live performance was probably um, opening night, mm. believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: amazing, yeah, what a night to see it
0: Yeah, We've been talking a lot about opening mm-hmm. night
1: it, We keep coming back, totally Because it
0: it's been so special and important And oh, yeah. a lot of people have a lot to say about it Because I think it meant a lot to them As it did to us, the dancers mm-hmm. So I feel like that even beyond the po- podcast I've been hearing and chatting a lot about opening night
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those Performances that will go down in history and that will be written about, that Mm -hmm. will be talked about, that will be rewatched somehow. Yeah, I think people will be unpacking it for a while. And yeah. before we get into more about like what you do, what mm-hmm. was your reaction to seeing New York City Ballet on that opening night? Which we can just remind people we we performed Serenade, mm-hmm. and then after the rain, Poda, de mm-hmm. and then Symphony in, Symphony in C. So very iconic New York City Ballet pieces.
2: It was it was beautiful, you know, to be able to be there and to experience it, especially in this newly created role. And to be able to sit there and just welcome, you know, me being welcomed into the the ballet and into the theater to see the, this beautiful performance. And, you know, to see everybody coming back and, and everyone in such wonderful uh, shape and just performing so beautifully. It, w- it was definitely a night to remember for me mm-hmm. and will be for, for quite some time. As you say, people are going to be talking about opening night after this long hiatus, you know, people being away and... Just the idea that everybody was so excited to be back. And it was just a special night. It really was. Did you tear up? Because one of Iran's <laughs> secret missions was to make people cry. Oh, is <laughs> that right? You,
0: well, it sounds to make people cry. <laughs> sounds a little me, but I just wanted to really bring out the emotions out of people. Yeah. And I feel like Sarah alone oh, it's beautiful. has does that job it does for it sure. Anyway, yeah. But, um, I, yeah, I was looking forward to, <laughs> to uh, getting the emotions out of people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was very emotional. I, I, I know I was talking to a friend as well that was was very excited and, and, and very happy and very emotional mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. Re, with regard to the opening night and seeing everybody back on stage. So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool.
0: Pretty good timing that, like, we're just going back at it, and we're able to do it with you, part of our team now as a newly member of the family Uh in this new position. How exciting that's been. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. Could you tell us what your job entails, like, overall, but also, like, what does your day-to-day look
2: like? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. So I was brought on board to lead a team of wonderful people, and I do. I, I work with two very wonderful people, Lee Rojales and um, Heather Height. And our job is really to make sure that our human resources function is working properly, just in terms of everything from acquiring talent, recruiting people, and bringing them on board. And retaining them. So and everything in between. So that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. The acquiring and then the retaining. That's kind of the end. But everything in between. So that's employee relations, that's training and development, that's wellness, health, medical, you know, benefits, pension and and those sorts of things. So it's a payroll, of course, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's in there as well. So really making sure that we our policies, processes, our procedures are Compliant, They're in line, you know, with uh, the laws, that they are in line with our DEI. I don't even want to say initiatives anymore because it's a culture change that we're trying to make. And just looking at everything that we do from an HR perspective and making sure that it lines up with what we're trying to do from a DEI perspective. And so, yeah, I mean, that's very high level when you think about it. I mean, there's certainly a lot of things that are going on within the DEI realm.
1: Before we get too much more into oh, DEI, yeah, could you say, and just in case people don't know exactly what DEI, DEI is, is yes. and what, the, yeah, could you absolutely. just talk about DEI and also in the context of? New York City Ballet sure. and where
2: we're headed? Absolutely. So some people like to say I and D, inclusion and diversity, because, you know, in order to, when you have inclusion, you have diversity. And, right. But um, diversity, equity and inclusion, diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion. So diversity is really bringing people into an organization that are different identities or represent different groups of people. The inclusion piece—well, let me back up a little bit. So when you're when you're coming into an organization and you're uh, bringing people in that are from very different backgrounds, different representations, identities, ethnicities, what, however you want to say it, they come with their own background skills, experience, values, and they bring those to an organization. And it has been proven time and again that that helps to make an organization successful. So that's the— Scratching the surface, kind of thing, bringing the people in to the organization, but that's not enough. I mean, you can bring people into an organization, but if you don't have an environment where in which they want to stay in, they're going to leave. They want to stay, Mm -hmm. and that's the inclusion. Part of the Mm -hmm. inclusion piece is: once I get here, am I treated in such a way that? I am considered valuable, or what I bring to the table is valuable. Will you listen to what it is that I have to say? What can I do to help move this organization along based on what it is that I bring to the table? So, we all bring different things to the table. So, how does that organization include all of that from everybody and try and incorporate it into the organization to make it a better organization? And certainly, I mean, it, there has to be some structure. There has to be, I mean, you know, everybody coming into mm-hmm. an organization is one thing, but really putting things in place to allow people to be the best that they can be, to be valued, to feel included, to feel as though they belong within that organization. And the equity piece is really when you come into an organization, not everybody is starting at the same place. Again, people have different experiences, their backgrounds, um, some you know, are exposed to things that others are not, some have more resources and support networks and things like that than others. So how do you meet people where they are? And so you provide them with the space, the resources, what have you, so that they have a, a good starting place and then you move them on. So you're meeting people where they are and then you're moving them through. Um, the organization that's kind of that's kind of it in a that's a great definitely so um yeah so diversity equity inclusion diversity inclusion equity you know however you want to say it and that's 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 my take on what it is Mm -hmm. others may have different takes on on what it Mm -hmm. looks like but that's when I look at it that's how I look at it
1: and what does the day-to-day look like (laughs) in the
2: context of all of that the day to day, I mean, we we are super busy. Employee relations issues. I mean, whenever you have people within an organization, mm-hmm. there's all there are always things that come up. And so, um, just really working with people on communicating with one another, getting us to to understand and have, um, I, I guess, to be more empathetic, to be mm-hmm. more communicative, to be more understanding. Those are just some of the things that from an employee relations issues and things like that are, are just very important. What else can I tell you? Um, payroll, we have weekly payroll, we have semi-monthly payroll, so we're always doing something with that. Benefits, and again, this is a part of what I'm working on with my team. They, they do a lot of the, the more transactional type of work like that. Um, for me, it's looking more at the strategy looking at how we want to incorporate these different things into our day-to-day operations, like when I talk about talent acquisition and um, bringing in a more diverse group of individuals which is, or people, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to cast a wider net. How do we do that? Okay. Who are we reaching out to? Should we be reaching beyond where mm-hmm. we're reaching out to? Who else can we partner with? Who can we get involved Working with schools, working with the Lincoln Center Internship Program, for instance, looking into having our own internship program. Um, So for me, again, the more strategic types of things. So uh, policies, again, making sure our policies um, embrace or look at things from a DEI perspective. Making sure, you know, when we're looking at talking about some of the things that we offer from a benefits perspective. Making sure people know that we have a generous uh, policy with regard to time off, um, that we do, you know, we honor p- paid family leave and we, you know, well, that's the law, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's a part. <laughs> and well, and we embrace those things. Yeah, exactly. Things. So, exactly. Um, and that's really important when you're trying to bring in a diverse group of people into an organization, you know, um, being able to have the possibility of working a hybrid remote work (laughs) schedule, which is something we're piloting right now. So you know all of all of the different things, just really looking at what it is that we do. so day to day it's it's a combination day to day. it could be like an employee relations thing. It could be policies, procedures, um, looking at our what we're going to be doing for training, dei training, manager training, you know, looking at the newsletter and how we're going to put pull that put that together and put that out, preparing for. Board meetings, and we have a, a D&I committee of the board, which is wonderful. Um, you know, so it's it's a lot. It, the day to day can be different; it mm-hmm. can be very different depending on you know what's needed and uh, what we're working on. So. How
1: many emails do you think you send a day?
2: Way Whoa. too many. <laughs> too many. To Was count. it like in the hundreds? <laughs> well, it's not quite that. At, at least you not, don't think at so. Least not yet. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: not yet. I, don't I don't know. I just picture like. You or someone with a, a desk, a relative desk job, just like sending them out I, I incessantly.
2: Yeah, I think, but but you make a really, very good point, and I can't wait until we're at the point where we can all be back together, because a lot of mm. times you get so much more done when you're in person. You can get up, and you can walk, and you can see people and talk to them, and I'd rather... Get up and go talk to someone than doing email. Then you're a people. <laughs> then, yeah, <person>. absolutely.
0: <laughs> Trying sometimes to read everything oh that is that wants to be said through just written words it's a lot harder and it takes a lot longer than just being face to face with someone. Absolutely, a- absolutely, or just yeah. picking up the phone. Absolutely,
2: and 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 getting on the phone because it, mm. I mean, you start writing. It's like you know what? This would just be so much easier. To it pick should just up the be phone. a phone call. And then you have that connection again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that a more and the empathy. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Could be, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely.
0: But it comes to show you, dancers who rarely are doing any computer work at at work, we think of, of office or the office portion of City Ballet to just be like,
1: easily, yeah. like <laughs> just typing all the time.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the one thing I feel like we have in common is like a lot of the goals of your department. Um, do not happen overnight you know they're long-term goals and uh, for a lot of us sometimes the goals that we try to achieve are rarely overnight achievable Mm -hmm. you know you work at them every day and you know you might not get the turn you might not get the promenade but it's something you work towards and I feel like that the, the the similarities on the approach to achieving goals, I think, is remarkable. Yeah,
1: overlap. Yeah, yeah, in
0: yeah. the way that we can really relate to one another. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the deepening connection that we can have with people in our company who have administrative jobs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's great because, like everyone said, we we don't always know exactly what you guys are doing. And we are a ballet company, but there are so many departments that make the ballet happen. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think it deepens our own understanding of the company and appreciation of the company when we get to speak to people like you and to really understand, like, the work that you're doing to better the company. At the same time, we're doing our own work to better craft.
2: and Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I know during the interview phase when I was coming on board, those are some of the things that we talked about. And even with the dancers, just, you know, what's HR? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what do you do? And um, how does that fit into the organization? It's super important to know, I think, what others do so that you can understand how what you do may impact that particular department or area or person mm-hmm. or, or, or what have you. And I think that's one of the things that we were trying to do or are trying to do with New York City Ballet Voices is mm-hmm. really try and talk about from an individual perspective, you know, who I am, how I got to City Ballet, What it is that I do here? What does diversity and inclusion mean to me? And why do I think it's important? Who has inspired me? Those sorts of things to really try and get people to open up about themselves so we can learn about one another across the company. The newsletter that we're going to have coming out probably next month, we are going to feature a department this time, along with hopefully we'll have some New York City Ballet voices, again, for that reason. So people will know, okay, this particular department does this. These are the people that are here. This is what they do and how it impacts me or doesn't impact me or impacts other departments. But this department is important and this is why it's important to the company because they do whatever it is that they do. Mm -hmm. And we all can learn about what it is that they do.
1: Yeah. So the newsletter is Mm -hmm. one of these new additions to our company life Mm -hmm. that we haven't had before. Mm -hmm. And in the newsletter, There are these features um, Mm -hmm. under the title New York City Ballet Voices where Mm -hmm. these different dancers or members of other departments are featured. They tell their story. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we've never had before. And I do think that it's nice to read this little publication Mm -hmm. that comes out like four times a year and to just, yeah, do exactly what you said, Judy. Just start to know the people in our organization. It's nice too. I, I would say as dancers, I, at least I feel this way, to not think just about the performances or the rehearsals and to think about my colleagues as people with stories, with favorite foods, <laughs> with favorite music. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then like sometimes when I, I read things about our colleagues, I want to start a new conversation with them because of what I've read, yeah. and then it just opens the door to more fun, yep. more easier communication, breaks down barriers. So, yeah, the, the newsletter, I think, is a great addition. And I'm curious, did, did you initiate this, or was this a collective uh, response that the company had during the pandemic? It
2: came out of HR, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think um, – it, it came as a collective response to, I think, what I experienced during the interview process, um, what I've experienced in previous positions that I've had just in terms of communication and ways to get people to communicate, uh, and an opportunity that, yeah, we we all have downtime. Um, we're not seeing one another. How can we reach out? and just share information, just, you know, in not just the, you know, the NYCB voices or, you know, some of those things, but just, you know, HR related stuff. You know, here's a reminder about prescriptions. Here's a reminder mm-hmm. about this particular program that has these different benefits to it. Here's a reminder about the employee resource groups that you can join, or, you know, here's what um, the Artistic Directors Coalition has done with regard to the Ballet Open House, and bringing young dancers of color together virtually to experience SAB. We introduced it, but I think it just came as a result of some of the other things that were going on. Ultimately, I mean, we've been talking about an intranet, (laughs) which, which we think would be fantastic as well, that we can house the newsletter on, and just some other things, too, that we can, you know, people will easily be able to get to, like we were talking about, I know there's so much stuff on everybody's plate. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about having an intranet where we'd have a section that would be on COVID-19 and where we are, what's going on, and, you know, just a repository of information. So if you needed to know something, you'd know where to go to get that information or, you know, what's happening Um you know, with performances and things like that, we get tons and tons. Of, we were talking about early, like hundreds of emails that, yeah. you know, we Wondering. all Yeah, we get so many emails. We're so bombarded, I think, sometimes with so, so much. It's sometimes it's hard to keep up. So if there's a place where we could just all go mm-hmm. and be able to click on certain things and be able to get that information, that's on our radar <laughs> to do. Oh. But we figured let's start with the newsletter.
1: Yeah. First to get
2: something out, you know, just to, you know, to to kind of uh, bridge that communication across the company. But um, it's true in that we kind of get into our silos. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm performing. I'm here. I'm in marketing. I'm here. I'm in human resources or or wherever it is. And it's Mm -hmm. very easy because we all have so much going on to kind of get into that space and not come out of it when you see these different things that yeah this person is a whole person and not not just the person in marketing yeah. doing yeah not know just a that. job right not just the dancer doing you know performing but there are so many more sides to us
0: yeah and i this podcast is like particularly like deep and meaningful um not that the other ones aren't but like they're we're touching on to topics that are so um present and mm-hmm so necessary to be talked about and worked on and uh, focused on. Could you please tell us a few of the challenges that you see in ballet? Not just New York City Ballet, but ballet today that you think we could all focus on and work on?
2: I think probably first and foremost uh, for ballet companies across the country or the world for that matter, but certainly in the United States, is to have a good sense of what it is that they want to be as a company, as it relates to being inclusive. So what what does your organization want to look like, be like? What kind of culture are you trying to instill? And what is your leadership like when it comes to those sorts of things? Um, so if you want to have an inclusive environment, which I know many ballet companies are, you know, they're they're talking about it but you've got to walk the talk, as they say. And so you have to have leadership in place that embraces that and that pushes that down through the organization. You have to have an environment, which can be very challenging at times, where people are okay and amenable to change because this is huge. This is a really big thing with regard to change um, in the ballet world. Things have been done in a certain way for such a long time. And as we were saying earlier, it takes it's going to take time. It's not something that can happen overnight. Diversity and inclusion and really making differences within companies that will stick take time with any kind of change. So for me, with ballet companies, it's walking the talk if this is what you're going to do, then embrace it and do it. If you are not going to do it, then don't say that you are mm-hmm. and not do it. But clearly, I mean, from an audience perspective, from um, inclusivity and in bringing a whole different group of people into this world of ballet, we have to be, again, intentional about what it is that we're going to do and, and, and how we're going to move forward. How do you look at and bring dancers of color into an organization you you want excellent dancers i mean you're not just going to bring dancers into companies and you know dancers of color don't want you to bring them into companies just because they're a dancer of color mm-hmm. they want you to look at their craft you know their ability their talent you know all of that because you want to be the best mm-hmm. of the of the best but once you get there what does that company do as we talked about before from an inclusion perspective how, how do i feel like i belong What is the company doing to make sure that I stay once I get there? How do we all work together to make a beautiful company? Because it takes everybody. It's not just dancers of color. It's everybody. Everybody, everybody's included in the equation. And I think a lot of times people misunderstand that it's just all about dancers of color or people of color. But it's about all of us because we all have to work together. Mm -hmm. We all have to, you know we want to move these things forward, which are extremely important in this day and age. I mean, we've, we've come so far, but in many ways we haven't. So again, I think it, it, um, it, it really depends on you know, what that company wants to do, what that company is willing to do and to fight for it and to do the things that are necessary to make it happen. So, I hope that answers my question. It certainly did. And
1: something that I'm thinking about too is that, like, we all want to thrive. We don't just want to survive. That's correct. Absolutely. And sometimes thriving is going to require, like, painful questioning Mm -hmm. and dealing with change. You know, artist or not, dancer or not. We all want to thrive as human beings. Absolutely. And I think it takes exactly what you've just described to thrive. Yeah.
2: That's such a good point with, you know, I, I was riding the train one day and I was just standing because there were no seats. But I just took the time to kind of just look around at everybody that was on the on the train. And, and I was thinking to myself, everybody wants the same thing. You know, everybody wants to, as you say, thrive. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to, you know, they want the best education for their kids. They want to have a a, a nice house. They want, you know, all of the different things that we all want, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, it can be very disheartening sometimes, you know, when we just miss that. We miss that all the time, I mean, you hear, you know, we have more in common than we have, you know, mm-hmm. th- that then difference mm-hmm. is between us. But we don't take those opportunities. We don't use the time to reach out across to someone else to, like you were saying earlier, to just have the communication, mm-hmm. just to to tell stories, and and our stories are so similar when we start telling them. You oh, know, truly. it's just that. We're from different backgrounds, or different parts of the country, or wherever, but our stories, because we're human beings, are just so mm-hmm. similar to to one another. Speaking of
1: which, Judy, what is your favorite genre of music? Let's. Oh my
2: gosh, am I going to date myself here today? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know. I I love all kinds of music. Um, probably <laughs> disco, the seventies. Oh we, yeah, we um, yeah. disco fans. queens here. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I I love I love the seventies. I love classical, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind, any kind of, of of classical, and I would say, don't want to say eighties, nah, probably seventies and eighties are probably. Have you heard Abba's new <gasps> singles? No, I haven't. I did hear that Abba was like coming back out with something.
0: Yeah, they're yeah they're releasing a new album and they have three singles out from the whole album. That whole album hasn't been released yet. Um, and, yeah. Aron keeps me fans. updated. We're huge <laughs> fans of ABBA and disco music, mm-hmm. so...
2: Yes, I do love ABBA. Is it classical? No, not classical, but classic ABBA? Or is it, like, yes. a new? Okay. It is It is new, Kay. but it
0: has an essence of, like, classic ABBA. ABBA. Like, yeah. it, you you listen to it, and you instantly know who they, who they are. Oh, and okay. What, and what they're presenting. Like, mm-hmm. they're... they're, they're, they're Essence is still so pure to yeah, themselves, I really, which I love that. really
2: like that. And yeah. the
0: message, too. I was like, the message is so yeah. fresh and present, but with such a um, history.
1: Yeah, one is like, don't shut me down. Yeah. The other one is, I still have faith in you. So kind of, uh-huh. you know, these yeah. really like rousing post-pandemic songs. Um, to listen. I'll have definitely <laughs> so, yeah. have to listen. Yeah, it's good. They're good. Yeah, yeah. they are. They are. Fabulous.
0: What kind of visions or plans were they already established in City Ballet before you joined, and how have you been able to contribute to those?
2: So Entresha was started in 2017, and it was um, City Ballet's initiative for diversity, equity, inclusion, and put in place to ensure that as a company that we are embracing diversity in all of its forms. Um, we're operating by the principles of inclusion. We're providing equitable opportunities, like we talked about the equity piece, and we want to ensure growth and success for all of our employees. So phase one started with the dancers, the repertory directors, and other members of the artistic team. Which I, The repertory directors, which I think is fantastic, that was one of the things that came out of Entresha was changing the name. Of the ballet masters and mistresses to rep directors, which was quite an accomplishment when you think about it. Out of that phase one also came the diversity and inclusion committee of the board, and the consultants, which I'm sure you probably have been working with to facilitate all of this. Uh, uh, phase two of Entreshaw was the administrative side of the house participating in the uh, initiative. At that time, it, it, it was an initiative. Um, these two groups created the diversity, equity, inclusion plan for New York City Ballet. That was one of the other major things that came out of the the entrescent. And then that plan, that strategic plan, that diversity, equity, inclusion plan was approved by the board of directors and New York City, from what I understand. So... Out of that came a strategic plan of action, the statement of commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, which was endorsed by the board. We put it up on the New York City Ballet website earlier this year, along with mm-hmm. our anti-racism, and our core values are on there as well. We are more powerful together. We embrace embrace organizational excellence. We are committed to diversity, equity, inclusion, and we have a duty to inspire and serve. So um, those are some of the, the really wonderful things that came out of New York City Ballet, so a very robust diversity, equity, and inclusion plan put in place by members of the ballet, not just the leaders, not you – know, because, again, as we said earlier, it takes – everybody Everyone. has to be mm-hmm. invested in this from the leadership on down. So to have both the artistic staff and the admin staff and have it from so many different levels, from the leadership to you know many levels throughout the company to pull this together because, again – we're all in this. We all have a commitment mm-hmm. to make this work. So I came on board with a very robust plan to work with. And so that's what we've been working with. We, I mean, we're looking at it, and we're tweaking it because, you know, it's not a straight line. You don't get mm-hmm. from point A to point B with something like this. You know, there are ups, there are downs, there are tweaks. This isn't working. Let's move this around. This is going to take longer. This is going to, you know, um, be a little bit quicker. What we've contributed so far um, made some changes I had mentioned earlier to our uh, recruitment and interview process, casting a wider net, looking at our job descriptions, making them more inclusive, taking out gender, any kind of hints to Um, This job is too masculine, this job is too feminine, that sort of thing. We've been working with and we championed and helped to establish the Lincoln Center um, employee resource groups across the Lincoln Center campus. We are participating in the Lincoln Center internship program. Actually, it's cross-campus internship program, which focuses on students of color. With the uh, colleges and universities in New York City, mm-hmm. um, the Artistic Directors Coalition for Ballet in America, and the, the Ballet Open House. Again, we brought in young dancers of color in two different age groups earlier this year in April, and just introduced them virtually to the School of American Ballet, and they actually took a class on Zoom, um, and we're very, very excited. And there were a number of them that had, from what I understand, some some real potential. So we'll see what happens with with those. So and I think you may ask about future, what we're planning to do in the future, or if not, I can certainly yeah. tell you please. So, right. so one of the more important, whether everything is so important, <laughs> but um, just with COVID and not being able to come together like we really want to, you know, I kept pushing back and saying, you know, I really want to get Entresha back on the radar. I really want to bring people together so we can start pushing some more things through. And um, I'm at the point now where we're, I don't know when we're coming back together, but we're going to move forward. <laughs> we're going to mm-hmm. start doing some things. And with regard to the shot, I don't know if we'll call it shot 2 or what we'll call it, but, uh, again, reengaging that. Um, that committee will also be, or task force or whatever we end up um, calling it, uh, will own a lot of the DEI initiatives. We'll look at policies, again, process procedures and things like that with a DEI lens and make sure that we're lining things up that way. We're going to uh, take a look at our core values, which this goes on both the HR and the DEI because they're so integral to one another. We're going to take our core values and we're going to build them out and looking at other things that are in that plan, including mentorship programs. We're going to be doing some ongoing DEI training Looking at different types of events and things that we can do to bring people together in the new year. We're also going to be looking at manager training, manager assessments. Really looking at uh, their roles a bit differently. Rep directors are rep directors, you know, in the things that they, that they do, but they're also leaders. They're also quote unquote managers of people, if you will. And so, what can we do to help support our managers across the company? What kinds of resources? can we provide? How can we develop our managers across the company? So those are some of the other things that we're looking to do. And that that work is really, really important work um, that needs to get done, along with development of everybody else, you know, providing learning opportunities and things like that for everybody across the organization in different ways and shapes and forms, Mm -hmm. (laughs) for lack of a better word. Way of
0: saying that. Yeah. And I thought I had a heart learning, like, three new ballads. I know. I got nothing compared to what you guys got going Managing on. Managing a
2: million things. So, yeah, it is. It, it It is. But it is exciting. We know that, you know, just coming into this, that it's, it's hard work. But it's so rewarding. <laughs> when you start to really see, you know, things happening and things coming together. And people you know, taking it upon themselves to communicate with one another, to share their experiences, to embrace uh, what it is that we're trying to do as an organization. And, you know, especially when we start doing um, some of these other things, uh, you know, pulling people together and um, not only providing, you know, diversity and inclusion types of learning opportunities, but other things that we can do coming together. You know, it doesn't always have to be book learning or formal mm-hmm. learning, but, how can we come together as a company? You know, I've been in companies before. We've done annual picnics where we go off-site and we have these really cool picnics. <laughs> really, really, you know. Well, I like cool that. Parks. I do, and, too. I like that. We love a picnic. And, yeah, <laughs> and just um, the connections that you make um, because you're you're in such a relaxed atmosphere and you get to totally. know people in such a different way. So things like that, you know, um, again, opportunities for us to kind of let our hair down and just really get to know one another. I'm laughing a little
1: bit because I tried to do this thing maybe uh, two years ago called, like, Fun Fridays where, like, up in one of the, like, smaller rooms of the theater I would, like, organize a craft Friday or, like, a movie Friday. But the funny thing was that people's schedules were so jam-packed that very few people came Um, But it was trying to do a similar thing. Absolutely. And and, um, but the one thing I will remember is one of the fun Fridays was you everybody got a a free Quip toothbrush and like almost everyone in the company came to that one. (laughs) So, you know, if there's a fun perk, Intensive. like delicious yeah. food or yeah. a cool toothbrush, yeah. people will show,
2: show. up. <laughs> and then we'll have connections. And then we'll so. have connections. Absolutely. Everybody has a quip, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you quip yeah, you get a quip you get a quip.
0: Were they actually happening on Friday or were they happening on Sunday?
1: Mm, I think actually more they happened on Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> so it was like fun Saturday. I couldn't do the fun, like fun Friday <laughs> thing. It was like fun Saturday.
0: Saturday. Okay, so first, this is where we first went wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, it well, was on I Friday, wasn't Friday that happened on Saturday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wasn't consistent. I didn't have as well thought of an action plan as you clearly do
2: with all of this stuff. But the thought behind why you wanted to do that—I mean, it just—it's in line with everything else yeah. that the that thought we're was to pure do. and absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but it's I'm glad that we have a team of people doing this and yeah we're like growing together it's we're not just together. one department mm-hmm. growing while yeah. the all the others were, yeah. we have know. to we have yeah, to grow it's together great. yeah and actually I want to take this time to read what I found from the website it's mm-hmm. our our vision statement oh good um I'm just gonna read it word for word It says, New York City Ballet will be a field-wide leader known for artistic and organizational excellence, innovation, and inclusion on stage and in all the spaces where we work. Our widely diverse community of employees and volunteers will be supported, valued, and free to contribute to the mission of this organization. We will live by our core values, foster creativity, seek challenge for growth, and hold ourselves accountable to our highest aspirations for a diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization. New York Sense City Ballot? Right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's our vision, our mission, so Yep. As it says, that's what we're aspiring yeah, to be. Aspiring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Judy. This was lovely
2: and informative to have you here. You are very welcome, and I'm it's my pleasure. Very, very good to be here and to share what it is that we're doing and what we can do. Uh, we can do anything, you know, as long as we're we're working together and we're all, as they say, rowing in the same direction. We all know what it is that we're we're mm-hmm. working towards. We just have to stay committed and we have to keep moving in that direction.
1: Guys, this is our last episode. <laughs> <This is laughs> I, did, I did. I did a slap, slap me, on guys. my knees. I had to slap Slap my my knee knee. for that one. (laughs) This is our last episode. Uh, We hope you have enjoyed this series that we've put on at the Rosenbox. And I know Ron and I have had a blast getting to interview these candidates. Absolutely. And um, just getting to share about the beauty of New York City Ballet and our job and all of the wonderful people that we have working here who are so unique. And we hope that you like, subscribe, find us, listen. Aron's giving me cues. Yes. Listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And... And (laughs) tune in for an upcoming season. Yeah. And if you want to go beyond that, and not just hear us, but see us, (gasps) please... We're putting together we putting together a little show called The Nutcracker. Oh my goodness. George Balanchine's the Nutcracker. Have you heard? I've have you heard
1: It's been a while, I will say. It's been about like two years since Literally. we've maybe I've yeah. heard about it, you know?
0: And we're going to make up for that one year that we didn't do Nutcracker. We're going to give you, and you the don't best miss that.
1: shows of want Nutcracker you sure miss it. ever seen in your life. Maybe you haven't even seen a Nutcracker show. So
0: More of a reason. Calm More of a reason down. to come.
1: Pr- yes. <laughs> the time is right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, come to the Nutcracker. Those are our next shows. And then, of course, we have further seasons in the winter and the spring. So yeah.
0: Chances are we might... Be dancing, either together or in the same show. Very yep, possibly, it's very
1: possible. And if we are dancing, and you like what you see, please give us a like a hoot, a holler, um,
0: and a dollar. And a dollar,
1: <laughs> please. We love the the like the exuberant uh, applause and shouts. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Hope y'all are well and stay tuned. We have reenacted the party scene in my house. Oh
0: yeah. We like and, to make a fool of ourselves quite often if possible.
1: I don't know, we don't do it that often for the public, I would say. Oh, then, if you if you want to I mean, see if you want to see some gold footage, I got us doing the party scene just you wait. Well,
0: I don't know if I will call that gold.
1: I think it's gold.